Would you please take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 3. And um, I, I want to thank uh, uh, publicly uh, Pastor Sammy for uh, helping last uh, Sunday ministering the Word of God. Did a fabulous job, and I really appreciate it. And um, there was a little question if he was going to get a paycheck or not, but uh, he's still here uh, after that and did a really good job, so we're, we're thankful. He did a sermon on giving gifts and, and how important that is, and it was really interesting because God already put on my heart for this morning that we needed to look at the topic of exchanging gifts and, more specific, God giving gifts to us. And uh, so we're going to be looking at that today. So John chapter 3, and if you just hold your, your thumb on verse number 16, you, many of you probably memorized that verse, uh, but we're going to be reading that in just a moment. Exchanging gifts. Um, giving gifts is so much fun. Uh, how many of you are now completely finished with your Christmas shopping? Let me see your hands. Oh, you guys are awesome. We, we are not finished, but we're, we're getting really close. And um, Marsh and I went out shopping uh, on, on Friday, and uh, we just had so much fun. Just giving, we had the, the list, and, and uh, just, you know, I'm sorry, but it's more fun to buy for the grandkids than it is your children. Sorry, it's just the way it is, okay? Sorry, sorry. He's back here frowning back there. Wes, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I just want you to know that. Um, seeing the expression on the children's faces. Parents, don't go crazy and spend a lot of money on your children's gifts because they would rather play with a box. They'd rather play with a wrapping paper. And I know one of the great gifts that our kids loved uh, for, for, for years, we got their favorite cereal, we wrapped it up in Sunday comics and gave it to them. They thought that was the greatest thing in the world. So there's a 3 or $4 gift right there because cereal prices are going up. In our day, it was a dollar. Okay, uh, but, but it's just good, good to give gifts. Did you ever wonder why we exchange gifts on Christmas when it's not our birthday? It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Why do we give gifts on Christmas when it's not our birthday? We read the stories in the scripture, and we remember that the wise men, they brought gifts to Jesus, and they began to worship him, and that's one of the reasons we give gifts by their example but the greatest example, the greatest reason that we give gifts on Christmas is this. Because God gave gifts to us, and his gift is in the name of Jesus Christ. And because of that, we are learning how to give. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. Um, the, the first gift that, that God gave was Christ, but what kind of gifts did he give? Let's get a little more specific. In John chapter 3, verse 16, God gave us the gift of love. John 3.16. If you have this memorized, probably many of you memorized it in the King James Version, but I've been reading the New International Version, so here it is. Re quote it. Let's all say it out loud. It's it going to be a little different depending on your translation, but let's, let's read it out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved, he gave. God gave us love. There it is right here. And we only celebrate Christmas because of God's love. 
I drive down the road and I'm listening to 95.5 and Christmas music all the time. And I like that channel more than just the channels that do Santa Claus all the time. Because there's a lot of good uh, Christian music, uh, carols as well. And I'm thinking to myself, what does the world think when every store they walk into there's Christmas music? What do they think when they're going down the road and they hit the channel on the radio and it's Christmas music? What is the world thinking anyhow? I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know how you can get through the Christmas season without thinking about Jesus Christ, the greatest gift of all. I don't know how you do that. But I'm just praying that, what's the word, sub, sublim, sub, yeah, that word, okay? It's getting into their mind. It's getting into their heart that Jesus Christ is real. He's alive, and he's here today because God loves us. He loves the world so much he gave his son. And I don't know how, how somebody could do that, how a father could do that. How could I sacrifice my son, the oldest son? How could I sacrifice Aaron for all of you? Would I be willing to do that? I don't know. There, there are times I probably would. But, but, but you, know, you know what I'm thinking of. And, and, and it's love. It's a love of God. That God loves me. And it's an unconditional love. There is not one thing you could do to make God not love you. The devil reminds you of all the stupid things you've ever done, but I want to remind you of something. God loves you anyhow. He knows what you did back then. He knows what you did yesterday. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow, and he loves you. He loves you so much. He sent his son. He gave the gift of Jesus that if we believe in him and receive him, that we would never perish, but that we're going to have eternal life with God Almighty. Tell me that's not good. Nothing, nothing you have ever done will ever separate you from God's love. And I'm telling you what, love is not cheap. So for those of you who want to bless your wife with a 60-inch 4K smart TV, because every woman in this church wants one of those. And if you want to bless your wife, you can find a good deal, and that's going to set you back about seven or $800. Or if you want one of these Fitbits, you know, that, that tell you how you sleep. What? I don't get it. What good is it to know that I didn't sleep well? I know I don't sleep well. I don't, I don't, Marcia wears one of these things. I, I, I don't understand it. Oh, she looks at it and goes, oh, I slept good last night. But if you want one of those, that's going to set you back 130 bucks. But Jesus Christ is priceless. There's no value on God's love. And yes, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. I'm so thankful for the love of God who knows me and loves me anyhow. And he knew me when I was a sinner. That's what the Bible says in Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his own love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. We didn't have to be good enough for God to love us. He just loves us. And then he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That's the greatest gift in the world. So folks, I don't know what you're going to open up on Christmas morning, but you have already opened up the greatest gift anyone could ever give you. You've already opened up the gift of God's love. That doesn't mean you don't have to buy each other anything. Okay. What else did God give us? God gave us mercy 
and he gave us grace, mercy and grace. There's a scripture I want to read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4 and 5. Listen, you're going to find the word love, mercy, and grace all in these two verses. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We find love here. We find mercy here. We find grace here. So what in the world are mercy and grace? Pretty simple. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. Mercy, not getting the judgment of sin or the penalty of sin. But grace is receiving God's love rather than his wrath. We need mercy. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you what you deserve? Aren't you glad when you think about the power of Almighty God, aren't you glad that God is good? Because if he wasn't good, you wouldn't be here anymore. I'd be preaching to nobody because I'd be here. Mercy and grace. Have you ever received mercy? Have you ever talked your way out of a speeding ticket? That's mercy. <laughs> My daughter all back here. <clears throat> Have you ever received mercy? You know, the teacher letting you retake a test because you really were ill and they believed you. Mercy, a parent believing that it, it wasn't your fault. How many times have you as a kid said to your parent, it wasn't my fault? Mercy is when they believe that. How about grace? Have you ever received grace? You know, breaking a neighbor's window with a baseball and your dad pays for the window instead of you? That's grace. Our son Nathan received grace one day. It made me so mad. He had a library book that was overdue for over a year. Yeah. I finally found it underneath some rubble in his bedroom. And I, I looked at the date, and it was over a year. And I said, my goodness. I said, we're taking this back. I probably wasn't this nice. We're going to go to the library, and you're going to pay for this fine however much it is. You're going to pay for this, and you're going to learn your lesson. So I took Nathan into the library. He turned in his book real sheepish in the library and said, there's no fee today. said, this is forgive a debt day. I was so mad. He didn't learn anything. So I don't know if that was grace or if that was mercy. I don't know what that was, but to me, it really was frustrating. He walked out like he was the king of the world, you know. God gave us mercy and grace as a gift. He gave us grace that we might be saved because he's given us more than we deserve. He's given us grace, that amazing grace. And I know before my father passed away, he was going back into the 40s, and, and he said, Dan, do you think God will ever forgive me for all the things I've done? Now, my dad was a godly man. He was talking about the war, and he was talking about things he did in World War II, and he said, do you think God will ever forgive me for this? I said, Dad, you know, we, we had a long conversation. I said, 
doesn't the song Amazing Grace really mean a lot to you? And he began to weep. It's the amazing grace that God saved us. He cleansed us. He forgave us. But there's more to grace. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, 12, and 13, it says that the grace of God teaches us to say no to worldly passion and temptation. The grace of God will save us, but the grace of God will keep us from making bad choices. We need grace that God has given it to us today, folks. Not only His love, but His mercy and His grace. We don't have to sin. We don't have to do that. We have the grace of God inside of us that gives us the power and the ability to say no to sin. And if we do blow it, we have mercy like David in Psalm 51.1 after he committed all kind of crazy sins and he cried out to God and he said, have mercy on me, O God. When's the last time you cried out and said, have, said, have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me, O God. And that's what David prayed and that's what the gift that God has given us, he has given us mercy and he's giving, uh, given us grace. And today I'm just so thankful. The question I think we need to ask ourselves is this. Where would you be today without God's mercy and grace? I asked that question once. And Tammy, I remember what you answered. She just don't nod her head. Without God's mercy and grace, every one of us would either be dead We'd be in jail, or we'd be living in the deepest, darkest sin you could ever imagine. And it's all because of God's grace that we're not that person. Don't you look down on somebody and say, what's the matter with them? Boy, they need to get a life. No, they need Jesus. Because without God's grace, that's me. That's you. It's the grace of God that he has touched us. And I just believe that God was working in our lives before we even received Jesus as Lord and Savior. His grace was reaching out. His love was reaching out to us. We didn't love him first. He loved us first. And his grace was reaching out. I think back over my life and I realize that many times that I made some dumb decisions that we all have. That God was there protecting me, preserving me, watching over me because he had a plan and purpose for me and he has the same thing for you. I'm so thankful for those days that my parents prayed for me when I was a young man. Mom and dad, godly parents. I remember those days that I would come in late at night and I'd hear my parents in their bedroom praying to God. They prayed loud enough for me to hear it, praying for Danny. Boy, that'll get your attention, won't it? Thank God for godly parents. Teenagers, if you have godly parents, you need to thank God for them. You need to thank God for them. My brother Steve, when I was 17 years old, he and I used to hang out quite a bit. And one day, I'm 17, and he took me out, and he said, Dan, I don't want you following my example. He said, I've done some really wrong things, and I don't want you following my example. I want you to listen to mom and dad. And I want you to know, Dan, mom and dad, you're going to think they're making mistakes. You're going to think they're wrong. You're going to think they're, they're off the wall. I want you to stand. Steve told me this. I want you to sit back and understand something. Mom and dad are right. Follow their example. 
You know what I call that today? I call that the mercy of God. I call that grace of God, that God uses other people to pour mercy and grace into us and to wake us up. I'm so thankful for my older brother that helped me so much. If you're the older brother, you're important. You're valuable. You're needed. Take your role seriously. Wow, that was free. That was not even in my notes. I've had teachers that encouraged me along the way. I met my seventh grade history teacher three months ago at a coffee shop downtown Louisville, and I went up to him, and I said, Mr. Crabell, I don't know if you remember me or not. I'm Danny Deem. And he goes, yeah, I do remember you, which is really kind of weird. <laughs> Why did you remember me is what I'm wondering. And, and I said to him, because he's getting up in, in you know, a few years on him, and his wife's sitting there, and I said, I want you to know, you made an incredible impact on my life. He's sitting there with tears. He couldn't talk. His wife said, how did he make an impact on your life? I said, your husband believed in me, and he motivated me to do better. Teachers, you can touch lives. You can touch lives. You can touch lives. And we have so many teachers in this place today. Mm, good. I had a Sunday school teacher when I was in high school, and she came up to me, and she said, Dan... You need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> I, I, you know, old, long story. But she said, I, I want you to know that, that I believe that God has his hand upon you. And you need to open your heart and listen to God. Thank God for Sunday school teachers. What do you call these people? I say they're a gift from God. They, they, they fill me with mercy and grace. I saw mercy and grace through the lives of other people in my life. And boy, we can be a blessing to others. And I'm so thankful publicly for a wife who believes in me, encourages me to be all that God wants me to be. If you find the right girl and marry her, there's just nothing like it. If you find the wrong girl and marry her, there's just nothing like it. So, so be very careful. This is all God's mercy and grace and this is God's gift to me. And if we mess up, and who hasn't? Let's just take a poll here. How many of you have never messed up? Okay, lying, right there. <laughs> if we messed up, God, our Father, is reaching out like the, to, to wait on the prodigal to come home. Right. Not being judgmental because we already know we messed up. But he's there to show love. He's there to reach out to us. He's there to receive us. He's there to accept us because he loves us. It's a gift of love. It's a gift of mercy. It's a gift of grace. It's Christmas. That's what it's all about. These are incredible gifts. This, this sermon could go on forever, <laughs> talking about God's gifts. Um, he, he's given us also the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, get this. Jesus said, wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. He even calls the Holy Spirit a gift. He has given us a gift. And the moment we receive Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, and we need to use this gift. The Holy Spirit gives us power over sin, victory over temptation, gives us boldness to be the person God created us to be. The Holy Spirit is with us. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is here. And Jesus said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let me ask you a question today. 
Do you believe that? That the Holy Spirit will give you power. The Holy Spirit will give you power to overcome all the power of the enemy. John said, greater is he that's in me than what? Than he that's in the world. It doesn't matter what comes against us. We have the power over that because of the Holy Spirit. It's not willpower. It's not that I can, you know, meditate it up. It's the power of God in our lives. Demons have to flee in the name of Jesus. Satan has to flee when we submit to God. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit has given us power to demolish strongholds in our life. Why well, can't get over this? No, you can't. But with God, you can. Because of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can. There's nothing that's greater than God's power. And he's given us a gift of the Holy Spirit to help us every day of our life. Man, he's with us. Isn't he with us constantly? Yes, say yes. Wow. By the way, Anessa, I'm thinking about putting some blue in my hair. What do you think, Marcia? What do you think? Do you remember when you were in school and our students, they could come up here and they could wax eloquent talking about physical science and things like that? The difference between potential energy and kinetic energy? Potential energy is this power that is stored up and it's contained and it's just, it's just ready to explode. It is, just, it is there, the potential. It just can't wait. But it's stuck. Kinetic energy is when you take that power of, of, of potential energy and release it and whoosh. It's like, it's like a dam holding up water. The potential is there, but when the dam opens up, the water is released. It turns from potential to kinetic energy. Potential energy is 300 horses underneath your hood. Kinetic energy is when you take the pedal and drive like Marsha. What good is it to have the power if you don't use it? My dad taught me when, when, when I was 15 years old, he said, Dan, get a car with, with the most horsepower you can, you can have. You never know when you need it to get out of trouble. Oh, man, I love dads like that. My mother rebuked him. We have potential energy inside of us called the Holy Spirit, but it's not going to help us a lot until we let it out and release it and use it for the glory of God, until we say, Lord, I need the power to help me in this temptation. I need the power to overcome this stronghold. I need the power to be a witness over here. We have it. We need to let it out. And that's the gift that God has given us. It's called Christmas. It's called Christmas. Number four, I only have 27 of these. I'm kidding. Okay. God gave us joy and peace. Man, do I love this. We sang, wasn't that beautiful today? Joy, unspeakable joy. Okay, it was good. The angels said in Luke chapter 2, they went to the shepherds. And they said, I bring you great new, good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. And then two verses later, that the peace on whom 
his favor rest. God, why, why? Why did the angels promise joy and peace when Jesus comes? Here's why. Because people without Jesus don't understand what real joy and peace are. It's impossible. Oh, yeah, I know people that are joyful. They're not joyful like they will be when they receive Jesus because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the giver of joy. And I'll tell you what, we need to release that as well. That's, that's stuck up inside, and we need to open that gift and let it out. See, joy is abundant. We, we said overflowing well. It's overflowing. It's unspeakable. It's like a river. Peace. Jesus. What's his name? Isaiah said he's the Prince of Peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. The peace you have when you shouldn't have peace. It's not the absence of a storm. It's calm in the middle of a storm. It's the peace of God. And it's a gift for us. Folks, we need to open this up because there's too many Christians out there that are just... Mm. You know, ne negative Nelly... Complain. Glass is always half empty. Seriously. Too many of us worry. We have fear and discouragement and depression and on and on. And I know we have stuff in our life. I know that. But folks, God promises joy and he promises peace. So if he promised, it's there. We have it. It comes with us. If you remember the fruit of the Spirit and two of those nine are inside of us, they're called joy and peace. And we have those when we have Jesus. And yet we have, you know, weeping last for the night. That's temporary joy in the morning. We are to walk in the joy and the peace that God has given us. And I'm so thankful for this gift and I'm so thankful for Christmas. The world tries to find joy by stuff they buy, entertainments they do. I'm telling you what, there's only one way to find true joy and peace, and you guys know it, is through Jesus Christ. And then he makes everything better. You know what? You know who hopes that I am a joyful person more than anybody else? Marcia. Because when I'm a pain, which hardly ever happens, by the way, it affects her. Teenager, your parents are praying that you are full of joy and peace. Ask the one you live with if you have joy in your heart. But don't ask a question you don't want to know the answer to. And then lastly, today, folks, God gives us the gift of forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Meaning, my sins are forgiven. They're forgotten. There's not a trace of them. They have been disintegrated. They have been annihilated. Every sin I've ever committed in my life is gone when I ask Jesus to forgive me. It's amazing. He has this supernatural gift of for forgiveness and forgetness. Chris, can I just, every sin you ever committed when you gave your life to Jesus, whew, not even, remember when you had, you know, you, back in the day when they had chalkboards in school, 
And, and if you were good, you got you know, chalkboard duty, and you got to go outside and just put them together and dust everywhere. Even with, you even erase the board, and there's still a film. Not with our sin. Not with our sin. It is gone. It is gone. It is gone. It is gone, Bobby. It is gone. It is gone. It is gone. There's a song that I love. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, has been nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. It is well, it is well with my soul. Jesus didn't forgive a part of our sin. He didn't forgive just most of our sin. He forgave all of our sin, every sin, every sin. Darren, every sin, everyone, everyone. Who, who, who in their mind can really comprehend that? You look in the mirror and you know you. You know you. You know what you've done. And if you don't remember, the devil's there to remind you. And we go to God and we say, God, would you? He said, I don't even know what you're talking about. I already forgave that. Folks, do we understand the impact of the forgiveness of God? Which on this Christmas could that not be the greatest gift he has given? But it's based because of his love. It's based on his mercy. It's based on his grace. It's based on his power. It's forgiveness. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www dot first agonline dot com